Washed Up Emo sponsors New Belgium Brewing are celebrating their 30th anniversary as a company. To celebrate, they're releasing Wild Ride Amber IPA, a happy tribute to their iconic fat tire. Even better, New Belgium Brewing are giving away bikes and gear all year. Find out more information by visiting newbelgium.com. Do you ever wonder if your favorite band is emo? Tired of being in the same conversation with friends? Not knowing if you're listening to post-hardcore, screamo, emo revivals, emo violence, even ska. We're here to help. The Emo Council is here staffed and ready for any question you may have. Hey, Emo Council. Just wondering if Green Day was considered an emo band. Thanks. Green Day is not an emo band. Okay. From the creators of Washed Up Emo, isthisbandemo.com offers the definitive answer to the only important question of your day. Hey, is this been emo? Welcome to episode 180 of the Washed Up Emo podcast. I am Tom Mullen from washedupemo.com. Today, we welcome Mike Reed from the bands Small Brown Bike, LaSalle, and Abel Baker Fox. Like two friends who haven't spoken in a bit, we just started talking. So the first thing you're going to hear at the sh- uh, is the show that I saw of theirs way back in 2000, and that's how the podcast starts. And Mike was an absolute joy throughout to speak with, albeit some audio issues thanks to some cell phones. And also there's some beeps. I'm not sure if the NSA was listening, but I hope they enjoyed our trip down memory lane because Mike was really open about his time in the band, his life in general, and what music has meant to him. I also seem to have a crazy cold when I did this, so I might sound a little stuffed up or different than usual. Also, it's worth noting, uh, Travis from Small Brown Bike has a GoFundMe right now for his fight against cancer. So look for those links on washedupemo.com if you're looking to help out Travis. Thank you all the Patreon supporters out there. If you want to help out, patreon.com slash washedupemo. And if you're here from the radio show or WUER on Spotify, welcome. I hope you enjoy Vice Versa. I have a Spotify radio show where I play songs, talk about stories. It's super, super fun. This is episode 180 of the Washed Up Emo podcast with Mike Reed from Small Brown Bike. I don't know, man. Yeah, I just, like I don't know. There's all kinds of huge, crazy bands and stuff that you've interviewed. It's just I don't know. There's it's just surreal. I guess sometimes the <laughs> people still you know care to talk and all this stuff. I mean, I appreciate it. So I don't know, man. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is the usual like you know someone comes up to you at a show, but like I will say there was a show at the Cradle in 2000. Or was this Cradle or was this at uh, Duke Coffee House. I can't. I think it was Duke Coffee House. That might have been our first like big tour. I think, or that definitely was like, yeah, just people there. If I'm thinking of the same one, I'm sorry, I'm stretching here, but yeah, it was like crazy for us for sure. We lucked into that too. Like another band had broken up that was supposed to be on that tour, and we got on, and it just was like all right, here we go, jumped in the van, didn't have a trailer, didn't have, you know, had like a conversion van that we that we built a loft in back, and, and it was just like, hey, let's 
go, let's go. Like, you know, you don't pass that up, but that every show was just like a mind blowing, just eye opening experience, the whole thing, the whole, you know, how you do a tour and just all of it. It was just like, it was so fun, man. It was awesome. Like I hadn't, I'm pretty sure I hadn't even been to the East coast before that. Like that was my first time in New York, Boston, Philly, all that stuff. It was, it was wild. (laughs) So then I guess, you know, you taking that leap, also taking a leap, you know, as a band and starting, I think, was it 97 or so, right? Yeah. 97 is when we started, you know, small bike as a band, as a, let's do this kind of thing. You know, we had played music and just messed around in high school and all that stuff. But 97 is where we're like, yeah, let's, let's you know, start again and play shows around Michigan and see where it goes. Right. And how, how did you find out about tunes and music and bands and, yeah. I mean, you know, music was always part of my life. You know, my, my dad, my parents for music was always directions around the house or, you know, guitars and stuff. And, um, but like, it was, you know, record stores was all about, you know, we'd go, well, initially, I guess, like a lot of people, like skateboarding is what connected me to music for sure. Like skate videos, like we were, you know, we in middle school were skating and just whatever, buy videos, you know, and just like, all those bands that's how we started getting into it and then you know friends older brothers friends mixtapes and stuff like that and so we started you know i started getting into whatever like seven seconds and descendants and all this stuff and then um and then you know so that was like just kind of definitely videos were a big part of it and then it, i just moved way into it like the hunt for new music was a big thing for me like i would definitely buy records i would that i'd be at a record store and would definitely just buy records because they look cool or, you know, like, Oh, this sounds kind of interesting or whatever. I'll just buy it and, and just check it out or whatever, you know, um, which is always exciting, you know, cause there's definitely some, <laughs> some hits and some misses, you know, but like, and you know, I don't know, it's like mixtapes for sure. We would, you know, always have mixtapes going around and just checking out new stuff. And yeah. So I don't know. And then, you know, eventually it was scenes for sure. A big part of it and just read reviews and just check out, you know, or I bought that. It was like, Oh, I see a cool ad for a band and it was like, Oh, that, that sounds cool. And I'll go buy it and whatever, and <laughs> you know, whatever. So it was, yeah, those days definitely. Yeah. Just zines were a big part of it. And just word of mouth. That's what the hunt for a new band or some new record or something was definitely driving me a lot. You know, just when I, whatever some on the tape or whatever like i remember i think i'm pretty sure i bought the first cursive record on that theory of like the such flying stars i want to say i just like oh that sounds cool cool band name i'm gonna like grab that and just check it out or whatever you know and that so i don't know just like just random stuff like that or archers alone i have this and i don't know if it's true real memory or not but like I think like web in front i had seen like a video for it on some like obscure you know, weird video show um, that was just broadcast at like 1 a.m. in the morning or something, you know, just like, just kind of finding stuff like that, the the search for new bands or like whatever, even, you know, 120 minutes or any of that stuff. I mean, um, yeah, any way to kind of find the new, something new or intriguing was always fun to me. And then, and then playing music, what was the excitement about, you know, picking up an instrument and, and playing and, and also, you know, getting to play with your brother? Yeah, totally. Yeah, that was like, you know, really, it really took off middle, or not middle school, like um, high school where we were, where like learning music by ear was like, okay, cool, or, you know, whatever, listening to 
uh, it didn't matter it was whether it was like um, metal or punk or you know Nirvana whatever it was like you just could I could play along or I taught kind of learn that's how I learned a lot of music just trying to play along to it after I got into like you know just learning your basic bar chords and stuff like that um, so in high school yeah like what you know Ben would have like a bass and I have a guitar and he would just like play you know, play along to music, just put it on stereo, listen to it, and like whatever, and just kind of try to play along. Or we'd buy like tablature books and stuff like that too. So just that, that like kind of excitement, like oh man, this is fun. Um, whatever, just that's where it really took off. And like said, okay, let's you know write our own songs, whatever, and just <laughs> and whatever, and kind of that mystery of like oh let's try this or that sounds cool or whatever. So so it's definitely like a pet, like kind of. I don't know, you know, that DIY, just like learn music yourself, you know, like, um, you know, make the poster, put out the record, you know, all that stuff, that whole, I was thinking about it, like, it's just like this giant, like, art project where it's like, man, okay, it's not just the music, it's the it's the visual part of it, and it's the, you know, booking the show and all this stuff, you know, it's just this creative energy, you know, all the stuff that goes into it, which is really exciting, and still, to this day, I mean, that's definitely a huge part of it, just all the stuff that goes into it. <laughs> the early Small Brown Bike years, you know, like, and just, and just, you know, I don't know how we probably told them, or, you know, or like, hey, you play bass, how do I play guitar? We gotta just have, you know, <laughs> share, you know, we gotta, uh, compliment each other or whatever but but it's always fun because there's definitely time and still like cause you, you know we play band today it's like um i'll be playing something you know or have some type of riff or something and where he goes where he writes a bass line over it it's not something that i would have thought of you know it's something different or he'll kind of push it into something new and whatever and that's that exciting part of it where uh we our brothers we still like think differently when it comes to music or writing music or just any creative stuff we were you know whether we're designing, you know, records or, or whatever, just kind of have different, you know, approaches to it. So, so that was cool. It's always exciting. Like, you know, I did that, you know, okay, the next practice is coming up. Here's a, here's a riff or here's something that, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see and then see what everybody would bring to it really. And Dan and perhaps same thing, like what, what are they going to add to this or whatever? So that, that was always that fun part of it, that mystery of where a song's going to go after you bring it out into the, into the public, you know, or into the, the band or whatever. So we're lucky. Our family really supportive. Like my, um, my parents were like, just, you know, they were cool. They were, they, they just knew we were into it. Like we were into skateboarding and, and they were supportive. My dad would help us build ramps and, um, we would like practice in our, in our attic, you know, it's in, in the high school days, like we could practice there in the basement and we moved, like they were cool with that. It'd support us. Like, um, when we just wanted to go to shows, you know, like they would, we'd, we'd about two hours from Detroit. So they would like drive us to shows and like drop us off and, and go get dinner and then they'd pick us up at the show or whatever. So, so that was, yeah, huge fortunate. And we like, you know, even we book shows in our little small town, like our, our parents or, or uncles or whatever would like help work the door. And just, it was, it was cool. Like, uh, our uncle built us like a light show, you know, <laughs> like totally just, you know, yeah, it was cool. So, and, and, um, just really lucky to have that support. They were just, you know, yeah, supportive of what we were creating or whatever. And they would go to shows and stuff like that too. So that's rad. And how did, yeah. uh, when, you know, the, the sound, I want to get into some of the records and, um, you mm -hmm. know, the, the stuff, uh, the stuff with your wife and also, 
mm-hmm. Abel Bagerfark. But I thought to first talk about the sound of Small Brown Bike and that mm-hmm. sound that developed because I think you know, when I, people would just, I think when I first heard about you guys, it would be like, oh, they're, you know, it sounds like Hot Water Music and Alkaline Trio and this. And, and for some reason, it just didn't. And I kept, um, I kept gravitating to it. And I recently, I try not to read Pitchfork, but I recently read again that review of, I think they did, uh, what record did they do? The Riverbed. And they said some interesting things about just like this person wasn't a fan of that music, but they liked Small Bound Bike. <laughs> and I think either yeah. that uh, what I'm trying to get at is like it, it, it was aggressive, but I think it had this entry point for a lot of different people. And I just wanted to if you had thought about that and then the sound itself, which I think you guys are unique um, in that time period. Yeah, that's cool. You mean like the early years, or you mean the riverbed era? I even think I even think from like Dead Reckoning on, like it seemed yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we, you know, like when we were early bands, you know, we were definitely into you know like um, like California punk bands, like just and I guess more in the you know popish vein or whatever, you know, like like hardcore kind of stuff. And then I don't know. And then I, as we, you know, really, I guess when the band was starting and really pushing forward, we kind of, I think we all gravitated towards, um, I don't know, you know, into a darker, just, I don't, I don't know if that's the right word, but like something that, um, you know, just had that, that kind of emotional energy in it and just kind of like, yeah, and it wasn't always fast or wasn't always upbeat, you know, it was like mid tempo or slow and just play around with different things. And, and, um, and just kind of, yeah. And just push, you know, just push it to whatever, you know? And, um, and so like when we're writing like dead reckoning or just working on it, just kind of that thing, like, well, what kind of whatever different tempos or whatever, I definitely at that point was like, you know, let's just kind of, write heavy stuff and we were we tuned down half a step and kind of stuff so kind of that you know bridging or i don't know just combining a lot of different kind of things whether it was you know punk music and just rock music or whatever and then and i didn't really care you know like none of us it was just like cool let's just you know let's just have fun with this and just and if we at practice if we could feel it you know like oh that feels awesome or that that part then then cool that was a good thing you know and then we just would move from there so and I don't, you know, like we really, just the, you know, like our first, I think it's in our first seven, some of the early demos, like we didn't, we didn't even use a tuner, you know, like we were just like, they were tuned. I don't even know what, where it was tuned and like, but it just ended up being heavier, you know, or whatever. And we would just demo stuff on, you know, on four tracks and stuff like that. And it ended up having that raw kind of energy. So I think we, you know, definitely through Dead Reckoning, I was like part of the equation. It was just like, well, it, we're just going to, I'm just going to yell something and it's going to, if it fits, then cool or, you know, <laughs> whatever. So, so I just kind of had that, I don't know, that, some of that heavier elements to it. Yeah. I think a song like See You in Hell, that yeah. faster. Yeah. Yeah. That song like, com- like combines, like, I don't know, like it's, there's fast parts and then there's just more kind of swingy, you know, that tempo or whatever. We wrote a few songs in that tempo that were just kind of like swingy, you know, whatever, <laughs> like just, I don't know, just a groove kind of thing and then whatever. But, um, but I don't know. I just was always looking for that kind of, you know, that, that riff or that kind of whatever, I don't know, 
that something you could just nod your head to kind of thing, you know, or whatever. Exactly. So. Yeah. And I think too, I guess it brings up like the, you know, our, our own wars in 99, you guys did some tours. You said that bigger tour in, mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, you know, 2000, 2001, you know, hot water, you've got two records under your belt on mm-hmm. no idea. It's 2001. What are your thoughts? What are your, what's, what's your, what's your mindset at that point of like, where's this going? Or you guys yeah, felt that yeah. there was progress. Yeah, it was, I mean, like those 99, 2000, you know, between those two records coming out and we're, that's when we really started to kind of, you know, go on tour and hit the road. And it like, it was super exciting time because like I said, I've seen parts of the U S I'd never been to West coast, East coast, everything. And we were fortunate to play with some awesome bands that, you know, we were playing in front of, um, good sides, you know crowds and so that was it was like the best of both worlds and on top of it you know with my best friends driving around you know in a van it was like yeah it was just a, a great time to kind of be able to travel and and whatever play music and get all of it um and then yeah i think you know like 2001 you know we're getting that point where you know we're i don't know we're like well you know where does this go you know we had been a band for you know four-ish five years at that point done a lot of touring we're just like um i don't know and i think probably our tastes were changing and just our approach you know a little where we're just like you know we want to keep pushing it forward a little bit and and we're just it didn't have to be you know yelling all the time and you know um whatever it just you could definitely find elements there were plenty of ways to find that emotional or heavy part of the song without just being on full blast the whole time so that's where um and at that point, Jeff, our second drummer, was coming into the band, and just drummers are a huge part of the feel of a band, and so he had a different technique or just style than Dan, um, and so we it took a while to kind of, um, in a good way, I don't mean anything like to like find our kind of where we wanted to go and what was exciting at that point, what was going to kind of push us forward. So that was just kind of like that, you know, a, a band, a, like another chapter in the band. I think started at that point. We're like, okay, let's kind of just experiment a little bit and like, sure, let's add some pedals and let's, you know, whatever, and kind of see where it goes. And, and you had the deal, the deal with no idea was up and yeah, we just, you know, we didn't have a deal with that. You know, we just are like, <laughs> sorry, you know, excuse me for yeah. thinking it was professional. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, you know, I think, yeah, like we were exploring just other things at that point because I think, you know, it was just like, well, like I said, we were, we were just kind of, I think, yeah, maybe redefine the band. And now we weren't really conscious about a lot of stuff. I mean, we, you know, it's when I talk about it now, it sounds like, oh yeah, so we decided let's go buy some pedals and let's, you know, play quiet. But it wasn't like, that, you know, it's like, cool. Like, let's just how we're, you know, I mean, these words, but you know, we're just we're, like set four or five years into the band, let's just push it forward. So, and I mean, we're sure that words, whatever, but you know, just kind of, driving it forward so so yeah so that's when and then we did nail yourself to the ground like the you know in my mind like that kind of like transitional thing where we're you know just gonna do an ep that's um whatever um whatever just more of let's see what it's like to go in studio we got a new drummer and we're just kind of you know trying some different stuff um and then riverbed was that you know but okay we're ready to do a whole record there so and you met uh did you meet the casket lottery guys from that split or you'd met prior 
Yeah, we. That's when those guys. I mean, yeah, they. We. We. It was one of those things where, you know, we had had. I think we had Juice Browns like in the van. I tour like somebody said, "Oh, you should check out this band," and like immediately listened to like, "Oh, this band's like this is cool," and 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 whatever. And then, um, then I think Nathan and I started emailing. You know, I was like, "Oh, like, yeah, here's his email address, whatever." And so we just started emailing, like, "Yeah, let's play some shows, and that'd be cool." And um, so we like we kind of showed. I think it was Fireside. We played um, played a couple like a festival. We played in Bloomington. We just hit it off. It was like you know we do this. Little, you know, a lot of the bands we toured with were just like you just like just became friends, obviously, and like um, you just you know we just hit it off really well. So we just played. You know, we're like, oh, let's do another tour. Let's do that. And then the idea for a split. I mean, that was the day. In those days, it seemed like that was it wasn't like a. Uh, super, you know, groundbreaking thing to do to just split with another band. Like, there were splits everywhere. So we were like, yeah, we can do this. And we, um, the way we approached that split is like, we wrote an original, Cassidy Lottery wrote an original, and then I, we wrote a song, but we didn't put lyrics on it and sent it to Cassidy Lottery and they sang on it. And then they wrote a song and sent us the song and we sang on that. <laughs> And then we did the Under Pressure cover, and then we did, like, a, an acoustic song. But, like, that was kind of a collaboration in the studio. So, um, so yeah, it was just a fun thing, like, that, you know, fun being to play with. And just did, then they created it. It was a super fun record to do. Rad. So you did the those two sort of things on your own and then said, cool, let's let's do this r- riverbed thing. And how did you get with Lookout? And, and again, you said that wasn't, like, you know, it wasn't like, this is how we're going to dominate the world, but it did, it was sort of a, we're, we're going to try to find a different sound. And I think you're totally right about, I mean, labels, like you're on a certain label, they're going to think you're hardcore. You're on a label, they're going to think you're, you know, X. So to be able right. to try to do that, I think, um, I understand it. Like it was kind of opening it up um, for interpretation. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was Lookout at that time was doing a lot of, you know, they, they had Ted Bio and like engine, engine town. And like, um, it just, yeah, I was like, a, a we were into like the fact that like, you know, I mean, they, they, there wasn't this one sound, um, whatever. And there never was. I mean, I like, you know, I'm a huge fan of Lookout and everything too. I couldn't believe that we were like, you know, like kidding me around the same label as 15 or Crimson or whatever. It's just, just like, you know, um, wild, you know, so, um, and like when we, you know, we got to play, um, Gilman street, you know, which was like completely wild to me, you know, like the whole, the whole thing. So, so work with them, I, that was a, that was a, it felt like a, a good spot where it's like, cool, this is, there's not really an expectation of what, um, we need to be or, or whatever as we're, you know, uh, you know, on that label, it just felt like that, that, that good fit. And again, from that that record cycle or that that time period, I think, I think you're really finding the sound. I think the it was cleaner. Um, I'm not saying the aggressive or um, sa- uh, loud wasn't um, what it, but it just seemed like you were getting into your own, um, and it seemed to hit like a really nice, you know, spot. I think from as a fan perspective too. That's cool. I, it's funny. I, you know, at that time, I we were I think. I mean, I shouldn't speak to everybody. I speak like 
it threw some people like a curveball at some of the old, you know, older fans. I think I totally understand where there were some the like that you know the sound was changing a little bit. I wasn't, you know, as the you know yelling or rough as much. You know, it was like kind of just trying to do more, you know, singing or just naturally. That's just how you know where I go. Um, but like it at that point, it, we were enjoying it. You know, but I think there was there was definitely some that said like I don't know if people are into this anymore. You know, like I don't know they they wanted some of the old stuff. And you know, again, that's you know, we, there's, there's always exceptions, there's always whatever. But um, it felt like then later, I, I want to say that we you know we broke up, we put our last shows in 2004, and that was about three years later that we got back together to do some reunion shows, and we had played some of those songs, and people were like singing along and way into it you know and we were like wow that's awesome man like that was you know where was the cool. fuck like, were you <laughs> yeah totally like i mean it's like i i get i mean it could have been the songs were new and people were like oh yeah okay whatever i don't know song right now. but that it definitely resonated with us and it resonated through like any shows that we did after 2007 you know we did a reunion we got back together and made another record and all that stuff and we were like cool man like wow these like those songs at the time were, I don't know, I don't know, and I don't, you know, that's just kind of how the, the feeling was, but yeah, people are into them, we were playing them, 10, whatever, I guess it would have been, yeah, eight years later, or something like that. So it took it them eight like, years to understand the record. <laughs> yeah. Great. I mean, I've been there, we've all been there, it's like, yeah, it takes a while, like, oh wait, the record's great, so... And then from the when you guys broke up, um, I know you did a couple of those, you know, reunion things. Um, mm-hmm. It's it still felt that everyone was sort of together because LaSalle had you know Dan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you're working with your wife, and then a- Abel Baker was also a- sorry, Abel Baker Fox was also that. So it was almost <laughs> it wasn't like a breakup that you think you know you uh, delete all you know delete this and then you're never responding like yeah. It's, <laughs> It was like, yeah. What was that? What was the? What was the difference? Because it, it looks on paper different. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, in two, you know, once when we were, you know, when we broke up, it was it, we just all knew it was time. I think like we had it got to the point where um, I don't know, it just wasn't fun anymore. You know, really, we just were. I mean, again, I shouldn't speak for him, but I can speak for myself. I was just like, we had we toured a lot, and I think just kind of like you know, drain. It wasn't anything like, you know, pretty mind blowing. It was just like, yeah, we're drained and ready to kind of, you know, I was ready to kind of move forward, just be home. And, and I got married after that, you know, I just was like ready to kind of um, have a different, you know, <laughs> life at that point. So, and we just knew and that, but you know, I, music never went away. That was the thing. And that's what probably you look at it on paper or whatever. It's like, yeah, I mean, um, that's when, so Spawn Bike played his last shows in 2004. And then LaSalle was going not long after that, where it was, yeah, Dan and my wife and I, and that was just like, I, you know, music never went anywhere, but it's so, it was just, it was fun. Just kind of simple. It was simplified. I mean, yeah, I got to be in band with my best friend and my wife, was my best friend. So it's like, this is great. We just played shows around Michigan. We played, um, you know, we did a little bit of Midwest. We did a tour with Cursive and Make Believe. It was really fun. It was just like, it just was, I don't know, less pressure, I guess, in a lot of ways. Like, cool, it's just write music and, and put out a record and just, you know, whatever, have fun with it. And Abel Baker Fox, same kind of thing, where we were just sort of like, 
just naturally like, Hey, you know, it'd be fun like that. Let's just do this. And all right. We started sending music to each other and it was like, there you go. We've got a band now and, and wrote everything online and, and whatever. But, um, so I don't know. Did I answer your question? I didn't know where Yeah, started. of course. No, I, this is, yeah. this is, this is not about me talking. It's about you talking. So yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about other podcasts, but the, uh, this is this is uh, this is you. No, I, I agree. I think being able to continue that, like I said, it looked different than I broke up and here's this new band and I'm in this new city. Yeah. It was just more of like it was a continuation of your music, and it just happened mm-hmm. to include other friends and other uh, pieces of it, and of course expectations too. When you're early on in Small yeah. Brown Bike, that's you know. I'm sure that I know that you guys toured with Abel Baker and LaSalle, but it's like obviously wasn't mm-hmm. that from what I've saw, it wasn't like a mm-hmm. you know, again, countless tours and, and, and trying yeah. to do that. You had expectations. Cause I'm sure I'm sure you have other stuff going on. You have a do you have a job and those those type mm-hmm. of things take <laughs> those yeah, you, totally. you can't be away forever. Right. That was the thing. I mean, I always tried to kind of balance it between band stuff and I still was like I, you know, went to college and like it would work, you know, part-time job, whatever, and play music. And then, um, and even, yeah, like when LaSalle started, it just was, um, it just was, yeah, it was like like focusing on the stuff that I really loved, which was like writing songs, recording, and then playing some shows around, you know, um, around the Midwest or whatever. It was like just fun and, and, and still got to do all those creative things like uh, design the record cover, write lyrics and all that stuff. And, and writing with, with Katie was really fun. It was just like, you know, we could just sit at home and write songs and demo things and put it together. And, and Dan, our drummer lived right around the corner. So we just go walk around the corner and practice at, at his house. And, um, yeah, it just was, and it was a three piece too. It was like, which is fun for me. Like I'm used to having a second guitar player in the band, but like the three piece thing was fun. Cause I could just, um, I don't know. It, challenge me a little bit to like make things you know i don't know cover all the bases or whatever make things a little bit more interesting or or at least in my mind so um so yeah that was yeah you're making it work yeah totally that's always been how do we make music work in 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 life you know whether you know and even to this day it's like cool still doing music um it's just how do we make it work in between job and family and all that stuff but what do you do for work? What do you what 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 do you do for? Uh... I'm an independent web designer developer, so I do I do or build apps like just all the stuff. Like that's what funny thing too. Like early in the days, you know, when the web was just coming up, was when you know Dan and I built our first websites. You know, like we would always be working on it, learning, you know, HTML, CSS, all this stuff. And so, um, so yeah, so I I do that. It continues to stay and and um, and my brother does like video. Um, production so we share an office and and you know we work on projects together too so uh so yeah it's cool and i teach web design development too so that's yeah that's that's my most most of my days are spent in front of the computer (laughs) (laughs) that's great yeah i mean it's creating yeah create stuff you know what i mean i still look at it through that lens and then being able to you know do it independently and be able to take on projects uh it's it's almost like your little label (laughs) you know we're kind of working on yeah totally which releases you want to do yeah yeah totally you know yeah we just you know work with clients and like whatever it's it's still just like the excitement of like creating something and put it out there or whatever 
So then from from LaSalle and Abel Baker Fox, it wasn't it wasn't a this needs to be the biggest thing or this. It was more of like we're doing it to do it. And if people get into it, cool. And if we make our money back great or obviously not saying you don't want to be the biggest band in the world in touring but like you didn't have yeah. it wasn't the it wasn't the do or die sometimes where this is all you have yeah yeah i mean i i tend to set my expectations low i don't know you know i just have my like i just you know i'm doing this for for me or for you know um you know just the music part or whatever i'm really into it and um and so yeah like it's just trying to kind of simplify it and say like with with Abel Baker Fox it's like it's just we have so much fun doing that band where we just we know we all have you know we live my brother and I live here and then Nathan's Kansas City Jeff's in New York so it's like um, we do it as much as we can which is you know once a year maybe but it's super fun we just know okay you can send some music here's here's an idea we get together jam for a little bit and it starts to become more of an idea and all that stuff but yeah there's less you know the pressure and I just, I don't know. I never really was like the idea of fame and all that stuff. There's definitely part of me. It's like, uh, I don't, I don't want that. You know, like I just it, not to feel like, Oh, I'm too cool for that. But just say like, I just not comfortable in that. You know, I just, just like going out and playing shows and, and, and just writing music and, and doing all that. So, I mean, it's part of the equation. I think, you know, when you're thinking about, you know, okay, we're going to set up a show. Like I, you know, Hopefully there's more than 10 people there or whatever, but, um, but I don't know. It, that was, I guess it was lower down the priorities for me of, of whatever. I mean, it was, especially now where we're just like, cool, let's just have fun with this. And, right. You can you know, like, still uh, do it. You know, you're still friends. Yeah. You're still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Like Cable Baker Fox played the fest this year and just was like, our last two years. And, and it's just fun. You know, we just all meet down in Florida and just hang out and eat and just like, just do whatever, play a show. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. Someone gave us an excuse to all hang out together and take a vacation. Totally. Yeah. 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 Totally. Like we, you know, whenever I I talk to people who don't know about the bands or are into, you know, music, I'm just like, yeah, it's basically like our fishing weekend or like our softball team. or whatever. It's like, that's what it is. That's totally, I've never thought about it like that. You're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically, you know, that's that's what we do. That's what I do. <laughs> do you want to go fishing? Like that's <laughs> my one weekend. I mean, I love to go fishing. That's great, but that's basically what it is. Yes. <laughs> uh, our bowling team. Uh, one thing I thought I, I wanted to mention to you was the reunion shows, and I remember the New York one. Was it two thousand nine? Cake shop. I know th- those days. Yeah, it was around there because we did a we did a little batch of reunion shows in 2007, and then we got kind of more. I think it was 2009, 2010 when we got more like reunited as like, hey, we're gonna put out another record. But yeah, I think you're right. I think 2009, 2010, right around there. Like What's, cake shops. Like yeah, about. I remember. <clears throat> yeah. I remember it being. I've never been in more packed. Um, <laughs> venue uh you know post great white you know post that tragedy mm-hmm. like when they would actually count how many people were coming in um <laughs> and so i remember that show being completely packed and i was standing next to someone the whole time talking about the nba and i didn't even know this until after my best friend was like do you know you were talking to benny from gaslight the whole time <laughs> oh man yes he, <laughs> play, he played in like the, the band that played i think yeah um, yeah, but I can't remember. He was playing on filling on guitar in the band that played or something like that. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that man, that show was um, 
one of the hottest shows. I remember like we were just absolutely exhausted, completely exhausted. Like I, I think, I think at one point, like somebody wanted it, you know, it was like, we played, a, I think we played an encore or something. Right. And then they wanted another one. Yeah. I was like, no, I can't, man. The draw drummer was like, I just can't, man. It's like, I don't know. I'm giving it all. Like, like I, can't do I, I understand, man. That was, yeah, it was fun, man. I mean, that, so yeah, getting that, you know, like you, the fact that, you know, people still care to come out and hang out in a little, you know, basement in New York. It's just like, it was, it was fun to get that kind of whatever, that energy. But, and I was like, was I always like, like, was it always this hard to play, man? Or am I just getting old? Like that was like, yeah, it was, uh, whatever, exhausting. It's cause you're older. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's what it is. That's totally it. But I think yeah. I, what was interesting, the show that had, I had so many friends that I didn't even need to like say that were there or realizing people were there. It was just this groupings of different friend groups almost in music mm-hmm. and they were yeah. all there. And I just thought that was a really beautiful thing that it's almost like yeah. everybody had the small brown bike record in their collection and they were all there. <laughs> and that's that doesn't funny. happen a lot. And I, um, and yeah. I think that's what I think there is some staying power, and I think more people should be talking about this music and and where it sat and and where it was um, mm-hmm. because of that. And it kind of solidified that day. I was like, look at all these different people. I know that happens at every mm-hmm. show, but I do feel yeah. the pre-internet era and the the timing of it. It was the friends group, the friend groups I was aware of or seen. It was just it was it was. I don't know. It, it made me happy to be like, look at everybody here in this band. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, it's not a pop punk show and you're just going to see your pop punk friends. <laughs> I know that's kind of like a generalization, yeah. but that that's, that's what it was. Um, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely my memories of, you know, those 99, like we're, um, especially around Michigan, like we just played with our friends, you know, it was like that. And there were bands that were metal or punk or, you know, whatever. It didn't matter. We just all were, having fun playing shows together and that kind of like didn't really matter the the genre or the aesthetic or whatever that we just inspired each other and kind of pushed each other to like you know just keep writing music and and definitely like the um michigan fest that happened Mm -hmm. how many years 97 um, that you know yeah 97 through 2000 ish yeah one maybe they like it just was like the variety of I mean, a lot of fest in that day. And, 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 you know, just like it was all kinds of um, whatever, anything goes at that point from whatever, you know, like Sweet the Leg Johnny to, you know, I don't know, just, you know, just whatever. Like, Rykel, it was, it was fun. And so I loved going to shows like that where it was just like, cool. cool. I don't know what the next band would sound like. Or, or I, man, I love all these bands. Like, I can't wait to see them all in one place. You know? Right. So, Can, yeah. um, I thought... um. I forgot to mention this, and I realized that you. Like, can you talk about Michigan Fest a little bit? I think for people um, to give a little backstory. I mean, I, I, whenever someone asks me about like Death Cab, and I'm like, dude, Death yeah. Cab's down, man. Death Cab, yeah, Death, Death Cab's, <laughs> yeah, they're emo. They're fucking down with all these bands. They're down with like Fugazi and like. <laughs> it's like it's not just yeah. like this pop band. And um, I always like send them like the Michigan Fest like video link. I'm like, look, man, <laughs> this yeah. is not like. Can yeah. you talk about yeah, Michigan Fest and exactly? Yeah, so yeah. many yeah. bands. 
could you talk about that? And like, it, it was similar yeah. to me and um, uh, to Mac Rock when in yeah in, yep. in yep. Virginia that I would go. To. It just had that same. So could you talk about Michigan Fest a little bit? Yeah, Michigan Fest. It just was, um, you know, it's like that. It was super fun yearly thing. It was in March usually um, at this like you know Knights of Columbus Hall in Wayne, Michigan, um, and it was in that era where there were bands and, you know, there were fests in Cleveland and Columbus and all, all, you know, it's just the thing they did in the city. But, um, so I, I think the first one we played maybe been was 99, but, um, it was usually three days long. It was like Friday night, Saturday and Sunday. And it was total, you know, DIY is a thing where like, I think in the last couple of ones, I know, um, you know, my dad helped build the stage, you know, like I helped organize and book it. Um, it was just like, and it was just the biggest variety of bands. You kind of would do themes, you know, whether it be like a heavier bands on Monday or, you know, indie bands on Saturday or whatever. But, um, and it would, you know, all the distributors would come through. So you'd have, you know, tables lined up around the BFW hall and the back rooms were just boxes of records and seven inches and posters and shirts and whatever, books, like everything, just all these different you know, distributors came and brought that. So you'd go there to, you know, buy stuff and then you'd watch bands from like whatever started at like four o'clock on Friday and ended on Sunday night. Um, but yeah, the variety that you would get from like, yeah, like Death Cab for Cutie played or, um, hot snakes played. That was, I think it was one of their, at least I remember one of their earlier reunion shows or, or was that, that bit of reunion? I guess <laughs> anyway, when hot, they didn't play a lot of shows, but hot snakes came and played, on like the Sunday night, um, people like Johnny, like just like hot water music. I mean, it was like, um, crooked fingers played. Like he walked out in the, in the middle of the crowd and just like play on the floor and just was like, uh, the locust. Like it was just, it was a huge mix of all different kinds of bands that everybody was coming together. And it would, there'd be, there was a big hall. I mean, there would be 800 to 1200 people packed in this hall, like on the peak nights, you know? And, just cars sprawling through the parking lot uh, in Michigan. And I don't know, it was, it was always, it was, you know, it was like, like Mac Rock or Fest or something. It was like, everybody's coming from wherever, all the way from New York to, you know, wherever to see these bands. And, and it was, you know, I mean, it was like, yeah, we, you know, made copies of flyers at Kinko's and like, uh, you'd run ads in, in magazines and punk planet and stuff like that. And it just was like, you know, here comes Michigan Fest. So it was, it was super fun. We had, you know, it was always like a reunion where you'd see all these, you know, bands you're friends with or people would come in and just hang out for the weekend and have a, you know, super fun time. Who's, whose idea was it originally to start it? It might've been, it might've been like the, um, Dole from Makoto rec- recordings. Like he, he probably started, yeah, I guess I should know this, but he definitely, so he was involved with booking it through, you know, the, um, those days, 98, 99, 2000 that's when i got involved was helping you know just whatever whatever it could help with whatever need get done but it was i mean yeah, we just go in we build the stage in the middle of the bfw hall and have a big festival all weekend and tear it down on sunday night and go back to work or school or whatever on monday that's great yeah i think i think those that like i think fest is the one that sort of it feels that way and i think those are yeah. needed and however yep. small they are in the town to be able to put together a bunch of bands and have people come and experience other sounds is right. the point of it yep totally yeah that's totally being a bust i mean it's been like at least every year every other year in the last like 
six or seven, eight years. But yeah, I, I get that feeling too. I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm, you know, who knows? I'm going to see some, you know, different kind of genres of music or comedian or wrestling or whatever. So I like that spirit. And Tony, you know, Tony coming from Macra, I like that. Um, that definitely, yeah, it seems like that's his, his vibe. Let's get a bunch of different kind of bands together and have a big party. Right. <laughs> uh, one thing I thought was interesting is having a bunch of stuff that you found um, for the release recollected that Old Point Light Records, I think Travis Travis's label, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah, was yeah. it? What was it like? How? Uh, who was saving all this stuff? Uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, what? What was important? And did you feel thankful that you did? And and who was the? Because there's always someone in the band yeah. that's saving stuff. Yeah, so I think all of us have a little bit of that. Dan and Trav worked together a lot on putting that um, like poster together and collecting, digitizing a lot of the stuff. I definitely have that. I still have a lot of stuff where yeah, I have. Uh, you know, I, I definitely have a character when it comes to music, whether it's, you know, Swarm Light or LaSalle or, or Abel Baker. I have notebooks and, and posters. I finally just put up a bunch of my posters that I've just had, for, you know, whatever, 15 years, 20 years, sitting around that, like, you know, I put them up and I was like, wow, man, did I play that show? I was like, I don't even remember that show. And then that's pretty cool. Like, um, so yeah, I don't know. We all, I think we all have our, you know, like I was definitely on a tour early days. I would bring like a little like Canon digital camera on my laptop and try to like, you know, put stuff on, on, uh, you know, digitized stuff or whatever. And I still have DHS tapes and all that stuff. So, so I don't know. We all have that element a little bit. It's just kind of, um, but there's, I still have stuff that's just sitting in the basement that I've, I've, thought about it recently it's like i gotta i gotta get like a scrapbook or something and search things and stuff and so it'll just mold away and whatever like but i like yeah like test pressing the first seven inch i like i think i have like the tape that it was like mixed down and just weird stuff like that obscure stuff that's great because a lot of times people aren't saving those things or or, or they don't have yeah. those um to be able to look back on and i think the I mean, I've, I've had bands send me VHS tapes because I can still, I have like a little mm-hmm. system to be able to, you know, grip that stuff and get it to a really good quality. And uh, yeah, it's just like a lot of times, you know, but again, people move, life changes, things happen. Yep. You can't really yep. an- anticipate those things. So for you guys to kind of all be a little bit of pack around, I mean, that's why you had that release because if you didn't have anything... <laughs> And I yeah, think, totally, and then yeah. wanting to celebrate it, right? You guys are okay with that because sometimes bands are they're not at that as in into it, or they don't want to look back. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely an element. Like I, you know, I when I like I said, I've had just notebooks and lyric sheets, and I have set lists of, of you know the show or that show or whatever, and that. I, you know, I still like that. I want to push together something physical. I still like a physical book. I like something, you know, whatever that I can just like open up and look through and, and whatever. So, um, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's funny. I don't, when I think about that, like, like the nostalgic part or whatever, like I, just for me personally, I tend to, I, I don't, go through that stuff a lot. You know, I don't like, it's not like, I'm like, oh, it's that time of year, let me pull out the old lyric book or whatever, you know, or like, let me go through old photos. Like, I kind of just, 
or even like record. We put out a record it's, at that point. I'm kind of done with it. You know, it's like I put in my year or two to making this thing, and and now it's like cool. It's out there in the world. Like whatever, you know, whatever happens to it at this point, I've done it. Yeah. So I definitely changed that. I kind of in that mentality um, of you know pushing it forward and what's next. What's the next thing we're going to create? You know, that's definitely where my like energy goes of, of like all right, what, like, what else can we do, you know, kind of thing. So, but I, you know, so I like having all this stuff. There are times, I'm sure, there are definitely times, like I said, like, where I put out cultures, I'm like, wow, man, like, that brings back some memories. Or, you know, like, we have a list of all of our shows on our website. Just for like, <laughs> just like, wow, yeah. I forgot about this stuff. It was fun. Well, that sucks, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Was there anything else you wanted to bring up? Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm thankful. Thanks again for taking the time to do this. Like I said, it's appreciated, honored to be, be uh, yeah, to be a part of the what you've built, man. It's really cool. So I'm glad. I think having that out there to document is an awesome thing. So you know, uh, it, yeah, how to like document any legacy thing I thought about, especially you know, getting older. But like the, um. Like the challenge, like oh, I'm like you know, I, I the challenge, like oh, I'm gonna write a book that's like you know, um, me just like pontificating on these stories. I, I that's a huge challenge. But I thought this idea of like yeah, like a scrapbook kind of thing of like you know, my brother and I have whatever we're in the world of design and web and video and all that stuff, and so like how to tell the story in that way is is something interesting for sure. But a book, yeah, I mean, like something where part lyrics, part photo caption i don't know be interesting for sure you know there's always that thing where like um how do you explain this to future generations or my kids or like you know like in like that book or like people that didn't know our band like maybe that might be interesting to have hold a book or whatever but but yeah that's cool that's i I definitely that's good inspiring me to like make it happen (laughs) because i just need that reason this was awesome, man. I really thank you for taking the time today. No, thanks. Like I said, it's, I, yeah, thanks for posting about us. It makes, I, yeah, I just I wanted to reach out, so I appreciate you. Again, I'm still mind-boggling that people care, but I, yeah, I really appreciate it. Sweet. Well, I hope you have a good rest of your Sunday, man. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. You too. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you on the, on the email. Let me get back to Washed Up Emo fans, thank you for listening to this podcast over the last nine plus years, or if it's your first time, welcome. It has flown by, and I appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and for this current episode you're about to hear. I do have a favor of you. I have some books out right now called Anthology of Emo, and Volume 2 was released last fall. I really think you'll dig it if you haven't heard of them. It features guests from the podcast, including Jim Atkins from Jimmy World, Chris Conley from Saves the Day, Travis Shettle from Piebald, and John Bunch from Sensefield. I've also reprinted volume one so you can order both check out the diy publishing at anthologyofemo.com